Hey, it's Brad here from CoachParry.com. Before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to let you know that you can get your hands on your custom Comrades 2024 pacing band right now. If you want to plan your race ahead of time, Make sure to head over to coachparry.com forward slash pace and we'll create a custom pacing chart for you. Print it out and have it waiting and ready for you at the expo in Durban in the three days leading up to Comrades 2024. Don't leave anything to chance. Make sure you've got a plan A, plan B and plan C pacing chart. You can grab them right now. Simply head over to coachparry.com forward slash pace or click on the link in the description right now. If they've run Comrades before, I take out the Comrades app and I show them the pacing from previous comrades efforts or last year's normally normally we don't have years back but we got last year's and then i can show them and go well look the reality of what you can see on the app here is that if you don't run easy enough at the beginning you actually end up running a whole lot slower than it is that you say is too slow for you to run um and then you know kind of seeing that and then putting those two things together is, is what really gets the, the penny to drop. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I can't stress that one enough. Like, just to use a, a quick example with numbers, uh, Bull Roan is the easiest one for me to just work out. But if you are going to run a Bull Roan, you're looking at around about or very close to six minutes a K, just under six minutes a K. But if you are capable of a Bull Roan, you are running your easy runs on the weekends around about 520 to 550. So even at the very slow end of those easy training runs for Bill Rome, you are going too fast. And so that's the exact point is that you get so used to running super comfortably at 530 a K, but 530 a K is miles too fast for Bill Rome. Um, and that's why you run into trouble at 50, 60, 70 kilometers. Welcome on to the next of the Comrades Marathon Up podcast. My name is Brad Nettles. We've got the official Comrades Marathon coach with us, Lindsay Perry. Lindsay, nice to nice to touch base once again. Yep. How's it, Brad? Always good chatting to you. And I suppose, more importantly, the people training for Comrades. Yeah, absolutely. And things are starting to get quite serious now because we're out of January, out of February. We are into March, which means this is crunch time. Uh, it is showtime, as Lindsay likes to say. Things are starting to get real, and the next 14 weeks are the 14 weeks that count. So uh, we're going to be digging into a lot in today's uh, podcast and video. Uh, it, we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, sort of run-walk strategy, what you should be doing, exact paces you should be looking at uh, in your training runs to make sure that you are ready for Comrades Race Day. We're also going to be talking about what you need to focus on with regards to just making sure you are taking care of what you need to do, not worrying about all the noise around you. Uh, and those are some of the things we're going to be talking about. Lindsay, it was a big weekend of running some big marathons taking place this past weekend. There was the Vial Marathon uh, that took place. That was my favorite qualifier when, when I lived up, up north. It's flattest marathon in the world, which is probably one of the hardest uh, things to run. Uh, but I think a lot of sore bodies after this weekend because it was also crunch time for uh, two oceans qualifying this past weekend. So it was last chance saloon. I know Edenvale Marathon happened as well. Uh, where should we be right about now as far as our training goes for comrades? Yeah. Um, so it is March. It is where I've been holding people back, holding people back. But I think what's super important to, to note is that the 18th of March is 12 weeks to go, okay? So if you qualified earlier in February, January, if you qualified last year, 
then you know 14 weeks ago we are now in comrades training um everything is all systems go and we're building up okay so but now how, where does that leave everybody who qualified for oceans this past weekend who qualified for comrades this past weekend luckily no panic because it's 14 weeks and not 12 weeks so that's the the one thing but it is why I've been stressing over and over again that the later we leave qualifying, the easier or more comfortably we want to qualify because we don't want to start training for comrades with sore legs and with very, very tired legs. And this is a big problem with a lot of runners because they think that some discomfort and pain and stiffness is normal and it's it might be normal, but it's not good to train like that. So if you've qualified this past weekend and you had pain and or discomfort, because runners struggle to differentiate that, they think that stiffness, stiff muscles is normal pain. And so when I often ask and they go, no, no, I'm fine. My legs are good. I'm ready to go. I've just got the normal, the normal stiffness. No, okay. That stiffness is damage. We need it to recover. So if you have, if you are stiff, if your muscles are sore for two or more days, you need to rest the whole week. And then you build up slowly in the following week. And the 18th of March, you are good to go. If you had very mild discomfort for a day, and then you were able on day two and day three, you had absolutely normal activities of, of daily living, living, no pain and discomfort in the muscles, walking up and down stairs. Then you can run easy this week, but you don't want to be training hard. Okay. So that's kind of your, your kind of rule, rule of thumb, how you figure out. And just know that the 18th of March is D-Day. I'm going to throw the stats out again. If you've been following our webinars, if you've been if you've been to one of the roadshows that we've we've done um, around the country, then you've heard the stats already. But it's worth repeating because it's just so uh, important. And that is that that 68% of the runners who don't finish comrades started with an injury. So we don't want to start our training block with an injury. So if there's pain, stiffness any kind of soreness associated with your marathons this past weekend, then please just chill. You've got two weeks, get going on the 18th. Yeah. Lindsay, I love, I love the fact that you, you said pain is not normal. I, I think we, we need to clarify what normal is here when it comes to comrades training. There's nothing normal about running 90 kilometers or 80 odd kilometers. So that that's the first thing we need to understand. We are not normal as comrades runners. And, and the second thing is there's nothing normal in the rest of the world about running a marathon as a training run. So we, we've got to, I mean, because we're around, particularly South Africans, because a lot of the South African running culture is built around comrades, a lot of these things we see as normal, it's not normal. And as you said, pain is not normal. That's your body saying that there's something wrong 
and you, we need to we need to sort it out. And obviously, recovery and resting is important. You don't want to rest too long, but as you said, training through that's just putting yourself at risk for more injury, and then risking uh, your your comrades when it comes to that as well. I'm going to touch on two things. The 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 first one, uh, or, or the second one, is about the the amount of races that are coming up, which we'll chat about in a moment. But the the next one is the type of races that are coming up. So this coming weekend is a race we've spoken about it lots uh, here on the podcast and the videos. We've also spoken about it on the comrades uh, webinars, and that's the Cosmos Three in One. For those of you who don't know, if you're listening to this around the world, it's basically it's a one day event where there's a marathon, a half marathon, and a 10k all in one day. And many comrades run a swear by that. They go, this is like, I have to do it. Otherwise, I'm not going to finish comrades. I've got to get time on the legs. Lindsay, you're not a huge fan of doing this, but there is a caveat to that. Like just before the, the organizers of the Cosmos 3-in-1 uh, put out a hit on us, as far as race goes, it is, I mean, I've heard nothing bad about the race. It is phenomenally well organized. The tables are incredible. The, the vibe is incredible. But you're not a fan of the race when it comes to training for comrades. Yeah, and I think that's the most important differentiator there. You've you've said it perfectly. There is nothing wrong with the Cosmos 3-in-1. It's just a really poor choice of training run for comrades. So if you love the race and you want to do it and it's one of your two big races of the uh, comrades being the other, that's, that's fine. Then go and do it. But please make sure that you recover afterwards, number one. And number two, just accept that it's going to compromise your ability to train properly for, for comrades. And of course, if you want to be part of the event because it is such a great race, and in particular because the water points are just so well done, um, then you don't have to do all three. You can go there and do just the marathon, or you can go just the marathon. You see, see, Brad, you're right. We are not normal can go there and just do the marathon but you could go there and do the marathon and leave the other two or you could go there and do the half and the 10 and then it's a 30 30k training run 20 mile training run and that that would work quite nicely in fact that would be the ideal in terms of where we are now um, around comrades and what we're training for so yeah it's just so important to understand that it's it's not helpful in terms of the comrades journey but it is a great race on its own yeah Lindsay, it reminds me a little bit of of when my brother my brother's in food services and when he was a student the last six months of his of his diploma he needed to go and do a six-month practical to get his to get his qualification and he ended up at sun city he worked at the cabanas as their sort of banqueting manager and he used to tell the story, and I'm not going to mention which nationalities it was, but he used to talk about the tourists that used to come to Sun City, and then they'd have dinner or lunch at the buffet, and they would literally pile it on. So they would they would go up to, to the buffet, and it would be roast, there would be vegetables, and there would be rice, and there would be potatoes, and they would take chicken and beef and lamb, like literally pile it on, and a bit of gravy on top, and like they would take everything that was on the buffet, and then they would turn around, and then there was the dessert buffet. So they would then get the dessert on the same plate and they would pile on some mulva pudding and they'd pile on some multat and then they would take custard and just cover everything with custard. So then they'd probably go back home and go, geez, South Africa is a great place to visit, but their food is horrific. Uh, and that's the <laughs> point is just because you go to a buffet doesn't mean you have to eat everything. You can pick and choose. And Cosmos is a great example of that. You don't have to do all three of those runs. Uh, yeah, you, you can do one 
or you can do two. Like you don't have to do all three. So I think that's a that's an important distinction to make. And then that follows on to the second point I want to talk about with the races, and particularly in Gauteng, uh, where you've got races every single weekend. And I'm falling into this trap. My wife is laughing at me, Lindsay, because I've. I know I'm late to the party, but I've only like literally recently started running park runs. I just don't enjoy being around lots of people and the kids are now getting into it. So I've been going to a park run every weekend. And when it's supposed to be an easy run, as soon as there's someone in front of me, I can't go easy. I have to beat them. And we fall into that trap when we're doing races and training for comrades, particularly if there are races every single weekend, that it's easy to get caught up in the excitement and go, well, if I beat that guy last week, I can't let him beat me this week. Uh, falling into that trap in your comrades training too. If you, if you, can't can't do that. You probably best to stay at home. No, absolutely. And 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 as we go into these last twelve to fourteen weeks, that is just such a key message because comrades, where one of its very unique um, challenges is the fact that unless you're right at the sharp end of the race, then your race pace is generally slower than your easy training run pace. And that causes a major problem on race day because it's so difficult to run slow enough at the beginning because you're just not used to it. And because your normal, easy, long run pace does feel like you can do it all day. So invariably, by running comfortably easy on a normal day, you're actually going too fast on comrades race day. And so over the next 14 weeks, that's something that's so important for you to practice and to do on your long runs is to try and mimic comrades' race conditions as far as possible so that you get used to running easy enough so that you're taking nutrition in at the same intensity that you will be taking it in on race day and for you to dial in on your run-walk strategy so that come race day, you're also very comfortable and you don't have to think too hard about you know, where you're going to run, where you're going to walk. I think I think you might need to repeat that, Lindsay, because that is such a, I mean, I don't think people, re- it took me a long time to realize that your race pace from Comrades Race Day is actually a lot slower than what you're running in training. And I see it when, when people come up and ask you at the, at the expo about the pacing charts and you tell them what pace they need to start at and they say to you, there's no ways that I can run that slowly. Uh, and and what's, what's your response to that? Just a quick break from the podcast for a second to let you know and remind you that you need to pick up your Comrades Marathon Pace Band for Comrades 2024 right now. CoachParry.com forward slash pace. You can also click on the link in the description to this podcast right now. Don't leave anything to chance. Make sure you plan the perfect race come race day. Head over to CoachParry.com forward slash pace right now to get your custom Coach Parry pacing band for race day to make sure you run the race that is best suited for where you are and your training right now. That's CoachParry.com forward slash pace. You can click on the link in the description right now. And don't forget, uh, you don't want to pick up just one. Don't just take your plan A. Make sure you've got a plan B and plan C as well. That's coachparry.com forward slash pace. Running the Comrades Marathon doesn't have to be scary and intimidating. Just thinking about running 90 kilometers or 56 miles should give you butterflies in your stomach. Add to that the hills you have to run up and down and having to do it in under 12 hours. The thought of it is enough to freak the most seasoned runner out. Never mind a newbie to ultra running or a Comrades Marathon novice. As much as Comrades is a physical challenge, it's just as much a mental challenge. The constant mental gymnastics of second-guessing yourself takes its toll. 
Am I training enough? How long should my long runs be? How many marathons should I run? What does this pain in my knee mean? My ankle is sore. Should I rest or run? And then the two big ones. Am I fast enough? And will I finish? The questions never stop. The constant worrying is exhausting. And that's exactly why we've created the Comrades Marathon Training Roadmap. It's a proven step-by-step -step training plan to get you from where you are today to having a Comrades medal around your neck without the stress and worry. Knowing that you've done what it takes to finish the ultimate human race, feeling strong and in control. Ensuring that you arrive at the start line fit and most importantly, injury-free, because more than 64% of those who didn't finish the race last year started with an injury. The Comrades Marathon Training Roadmap guides you through every step of your Comrades journey. Training, qualifying, tapering, and race day. We've got you covered every step of the way. Simply head over to coachparry.com forward slash up to get access to it now, or simply click on the link in the description. That's coachparry.com forward slash up. Now back to the podcast. Yeah, so I normally take out, if they've run Comrades before, I take out the Comrades app and I show them the pacing from previous Comrades efforts or last year's. Normally, normally we don't have years back, but we got last year's. And then I can show them and go, well, look, the reality of what you can see on the app here is that if you don't run easy enough at the beginning, you actually end up running a whole lot slower than it is that you say is too slow for you to run. Um, and then, you know, kind of seeing that and then putting those two things together is, is what really gets the, the penny to drop. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I can't stress that one enough. Like, just to use a, a quick example with numbers, uh, Bill Rowan is the easiest one for me to just work out. But if you are going to run, a bull row and you're looking at around about or very close to six minutes a k just under six minutes a k but if you are capable of a bull rowing you are running your easy runs on the weekends around about 520 to 550. so even at the very slow end of those easy training runs for bull rowing you are going too fast and so that's the exact point is that you get so used to running super comfortably at 530 a k but 530 a k is miles too fast for bull run um, and that's why you run into trouble at 50 60 70 kilometers yeah and that's not that's not a great place to find out that uh you've gone out too fast so let's talk about strategies because I, I mentioned at the start of the video we, we were going to be talking a little bit about strategies when it comes to run walking and that sort of thing but let's talk about strategies to 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 put in place in training now because now's the time to make sure that you are prepping not just from a fitness perspective but actual rehearsal of what you're going to do on race day to make sure that you get it nailed now so that come race day you know what you're doing what are some of the strategies you can put in place in training runs long training runs to make sure that you are running at the correct pace come comrades race day yeah so obviously the walk run strategy is just about the most important and easiest of those to implement um, if you have the will now i start with silver and i i just know so many silver runners who think no 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 um i don't need run walk strategy i'm, I'm gonna run the whole way and and the reality is that almost nobody runs the whole way at comrades so you do need to factor in a, a run walk strategy regardless of and there is wiggle room so i'm going to start on the fast end and we're going to go down to the to the slower end but there's definitely wiggle room and you've got to find that balance where you are comfortable but it must 
that balance must include regular brisk walking okay so let's give you an example of of what that looks like for silver metal guys we are talking about um a one minute walk every plus minus 10 kilometers okay so that's how i like to do it and then with extra walks on some specific climbs so those climbs being field hill both hill and chunga poly shorts so those are the the, the places where outside of your 10 one i always throw in an extra walk break um, and that works really well for the silver guys and it's worked particularly well for me in the past then we move on to the bull run sorry and, and one minute every 10 k's you can simplify it slightly and go every third water station so then that's it's closer to nine k's but but that's okay and it coincides with water station and you'll you'll see that all the rest of the the run walks do coincide with water stations so that we can also take care of our nutrition while we are walking because then your breathing rate comes down everything slows down a bit you've got a minute you can get in all the nutrition you need to get in and then you get going okay so if we move on to the bull run guys i like a one minute walk every six kilometers okay um and that will take you to every second water station and then the same thing we do extra walk breaks on those big climbs being um probably i'd start a little bit earlier on the bull run so i'd I do cowies if there isn't a coinciding, uh, if it doesn't coincide with your every six Ks, I do cowies, I do field seal, I do both seal, I do chunga, um, I'd probably even do umlas, even though it's not a, a super steep hill, but it's just before everything really does start to get much easier until poly shorts. I do a walk there and then I would um, do an extra walk on, on poly shorts. Then when we move to the sub 10, the Robert Machali, um, I would walk uh, one minute and sorry, Bill Rowan and Robert and Charlie, one minute every three k. So you're literally walking a short walk at every single um, water point, and then you're going to do an extra walk anytime there's an uppy. Okay, so there's going to be plenty of walking on your Robert and Charlie and your bronze. And then we move to the finishers plan. It's the same principle. We're going to walk one minute every three kilometers. But on the finishes in particular, I've got people that have a wide variety. I've got people who run five minutes, walk one minute, run six minutes, walk one minute, do nine, run nine minutes, walk one minute, 15 minutes, one minute. So there's really is a, a, a wide variety of the walk-run strategy on the finishes. But anything goes there. It just has to be really consistent, regular walking. And then what I encourage my finishers to do is that as soon as you are going uphill, so as soon as, as it goes vertical, you're on a gradient, then you switch into a two-minute run, one-minute walk, or one-minute run, one-minute walk, but you literally just steadily get over the climbs without doing any damage to your quads so that you can really take advantage of the much easier profile in the second half of the race. Lindsay, this run-walk strategy is quite interesting because I'm going to ask you a question about when to implement it, but a lot of times especially when you're running that easily it feels like you're running super easy so you don't feel like you need to walk but walking in itself is quite hard especially if you're doing lots of it and come comrades race day you are going to be walking probably more than you would ordinarily and, and i i remember when i did an ironman a number of years ago i went into it with a bit of an injury and i knew that i wasn't going to run any of the marathon i was going to walk the entire thing and 
I have never been that sore after a marathon than that marathon. And I think it's because I wasn't used to walking, that the the sort of biomechanical changes were slightly different. Obviously, stride length changes, uh, the way you impact on the ground changes when you're walking. So you need to practice this now. As much as you're practicing your running, you need to practice your walking as well. So that sort of leads me into the next question. Do we do this from the get-go like do we as soon as we step out the door and i'm thinking finishes if you are on a five minute run one minute walk do you walk within the first six minutes yeah so my, my kind of rule of thumb is any run that's 75 minutes or longer we implement it from the get-go um mostly i, I only get pushed back on that on your kind of silver and bull rowing guys because they're like oh well if 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 a run is 75 minutes long then i'm going to get to between 50 and 60 minutes, I've got 15 minutes less left on my run. What's the point of doing a walk? And and the simple truth of it is, is that you do it so that you get used to it. So that on race day, you program to do it. There's no thinking about it. You That is just what you do. Uh, look, even if you don't practice run walk on in training, you're going to get to a point in comrades where you have to run walk. And the longer stretches... Let me rephrase that. The longer you take to start walking in comrades or the more you need to walk when you start walking in comrades, the longer those walks are likely to be. And then you're going to be in, in the position that you were in, Brad, at Ironman, where you are walking because you have to and need to rather than walking because it's kind of part of your routine and you're using it to, to delay the onset of fatigue. You're using it to change the firing frequency of your muscles and you're using it to reduce the impact forces although as you discovered those impact forces are slightly different so they are lower but different and so we do need to practice it and get this into our routine yeah you definitely you definitely want to be walking before comrades forces you to walk i think that's probably a good way to sum it up but but Lindsay, i'm going to ask a question for a friend and that friend is me uh you talk about 75 minutes do you have to wait until 75 minutes i mean i am back of the packer and i i've my mantra is there's no hill that's never been walked up so i do enjoy a good walk there's no there's uh, there's no shame in that but do you have to wait i mean if you are one of those runners do, do you have to feel like you have to make it to 75 minutes before you start walking no, no, but if it's a 75-minute run, you're walking from the beginning. So if you're on a six-minute run, one-minute walk, runs that are longer than 75 minutes, then after six minutes, you walk. If you're a Bill Rona, it's after 6Ks. But the reality is that, no, I mean, even if you go for a 30-minute run, if your routine is is 6-1 or 9-1, you can do it on every run. There's no – but but that's – we're not in the business of stopping people from doing it. Most of the time we are convincing people to do it. Okay, cool. So that's that's cleared up. Lindsay, let's talk a little bit about sort of trusting the process. We, we spoke about it a few weeks ago with regards to this time of the year when, when comrades runners go crazy. I don't know if there's something in the water or if they, I don't know what happens. There's Mooty doing the rounds, but people go silly March and April with regards to mileage. And you spoke about it a few weeks ago that where you said, I mean, we had the clip on Instagram that's going, still going mad, but you were saying that if you listen to Lindsay and you fail, at least you've got someone to blame. But if you don't listen to Lindsay, you've got no one to blame but yourself. How do we 
switch off that noise of everything that's going on. I mean, Cosmos this weekend, there's going to be lots of people. There's going to be peer pressure galore this week of people saying to the newbies, you have to do Cosmos. If you don't do Cosmos, you're not going to finish Comrades. How do you tune out that noise as things start ramping up? Look, it's very difficult because there are people that are in your club that have these very funny ideas about how many kilometers you need to run. In one of the big ones is that people always look at my plans and go, oh, the people at the club say I'm definitely not running enough and that I have to run a thousand Ks between now and comrades. And I'm like, well, not between now, but, but this has been going on since the beginning of the year, but between January and, and comrades. And I'm like, yeah, but have you done the maths? 50k a week from january till comrades will get you a thousand kilometers so thousand k's is possibly not a bad number but how you get to the thousand k's that's the question and you don't need if you're training i mean look i think strava's probably besides the the the, the clubs strava's probably as guilty um in causing this as anything else and that that's what people are seeing their mates doing crazy things i was having coffee with mates a few weeks ago and they pulled out their phones and go oh have you seen so-and-so is going to do 140 this week and other guys going to do 120 k's this week you know the one guy's probably capable and and and, and maybe a, a touch and go silver so i can sort of see why there is this need to push and do extra and he's probably targeting getting up to 160 in peak training so okay maybe that one is a little bit justified but the other guys your solid nine nine and a half hour comrades guy and he's hitting 120 k's a week in the middle of february it's it's insane um and again that's stat 68 percent of people who don't finish comrades don't finish because they start with an injury this is how you get those injuries so it's difficult to tune that noise out um but you've got to stick with the plan that you have got because those guys that are running those numbers are not you they can't feel what you feel they're not getting as tired as you are maybe um but you've got to stick to your guns do what you know works do what's been tested and tried for certainly the last decade and a half very very successfully and try and tune it out my advice would be don't go on strava um and when people start talking about kilometers at the club maybe wander off and find someone else to talk to but really you've got to stick to what works for you yeah, Lindsay, Lindsay's giving you permission to be rude at the club if somebody talks smiley just stick your fingers in your ear and just go blah 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 and then you're done that's I think is the advice that well, I, I think heard. I think it's I think the advice that that we used to get when we were studying for exams you know for for matric finals and and at university is like get to the venue just in time so that you don't stand around and get asked the one thing that you didn't study properly and now you're in a panic because you didn't know one answer that somebody just happened to ask you oh did you study this you know like go with your confidence arrive as they open the doors go and sit down and you can be blissfully unaware of what the other people know that you don't know and you can just be relaxed and pass your exam because that's what you're there for absolutely lindsay and then 
obviously this last weekend, lots of marathons. We've been speaking the last few weeks about making sure that you are getting everything right. So we spoke about nutrition uh, and sort of testing what your nutrition strategy is. Today we spoke a little bit about your run-walk strategy. What happens if you've run a marathon? Let's say you ran Val yesterday or Edenvale yesterday and things didn't go according to plan. Uh, maybe you felt nauseous or maybe you felt like super tired and you're just like wondering like, can I even do comrades? What advice would you give to someone where they almost feel like things are unraveling and they need to make major shifts? What what advice can you give them? So you, the, the first and most important thing I think is that you've got time. Okay. So now particularly if you've got nauseous um, or something along those lines, the good news is there's plenty of time. Okay. Now, we know we need to get energy and we need to get it in for comrades. And we know that there's many products out there. And there's a whole bunch of products that really provide the same thing. Okay, So now, and that's sugar. So basically, we got tons of gels and bars and all sorts of things that all do the same thing. Their delivery mechanism is slightly different. Their texture is different. Their taste is different. So the first area we can go to is, okay. I used whatever I used, and after two hours, two and a half hours, it made me feel really, really sick. Well, now we've got loads of time, got 14 weeks that we can go and try different textures, different taste profiles, and see is that something we can see ourselves taking for longer than two and a half, three hours. So that's the, the first one. Second one is they have different delivery mechanisms. Okay, so how they actually um, get the sugar in um, and that typically then changes the sweetness um, and the I don't texture is not the right word but whether it's a bar or whether it's a gel whether it's a nut butter or a gel whether it's a potato or fruit or something like very different and so then I would encourage this really wide variety is it a keto product is it a a slow release carbohydrate is it a product that's developed for diabetics so there's just so many options and you've got a lot of time so you don't want to save it for now the 6th of may at your very last comrades long run and then you nauseous again and you're like oh now what because now it's too late to experiment so you got 14 weeks well got up to the 6th of of may so let's say you've got 10 10 weeks that you can really try and change and tweak and and practice and if it was just like a really bad day and things didn't go your way, well, I can tell you that 14 weeks is an enormous amount of time. So you have got loads of time to actually train, get much stronger, get fitter, prepare yourself better mentally. And so I certainly wouldn't panic if you just had an off day this past weekend. Obviously, if it costs you your qualifying, that's an issue. Um, and we're going to have to then help you plan via the, the the many platforms we've got in our forum um at a webinar at a roadshow whatever you know ask your questions let's let's try and then guide you to qualifying but if you haven't got the seating that you wanted well that's that's is what it is you go chasing seating now you are only compromising what you could potentially run on comrades race day you're far better off preparing properly because if you train really well between now and Comrades Race Day, you can make a 20, 30-minute impact on your race day performance. But if you improve your seating, 
you can only make like a two, two and a half minute impact on your performance on race day. And chances are that your training will unravel because of that effort. So that 20 to 30 minutes that you could have improved become compromised because you can't prepare properly. Yeah, absolutely. Lindsay, as always, been great to catch up. Uh, Lindsay did mention the different forums that you can get access. If you do need help, be sure to check out the Comrades Marathon Training Roadmap. I'll pop the link in the description uh, to this podcast and video. You can uh, get help, access to our coaches on a daily basis to help you uh, with your, your prep for Comrades. Uh, you can also check out the Comrades Road Shows that are happening around the country. You can get to one of those in person. Lindsay's traveling around. Uh, you can also check out our upcoming Comrades Marathon webinar as well. Those are The webinar itself is, is quite busy so we don't get to all the questions but if you do need help uh, definitely the best place to get to is the Comrades Marathon Training Roadmap and all the links to those are below on this video as well Lindsay as always great to catch up I look forward to doing it again next week cool cheers Brad thank you for listening to this episode of Up don't forget to pick up your custom Comrades Marathon 2024 pace band right now uh, we'll print them out and make sure we've got them waiting for you at the expo in Durban in the build up to Comrades so head over to coachparry.com forward slash pace or click on the link in the description right now